Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is the Tom Hartman Program. And welcome back. So down in Florida, the state is melting down. Ron DeSantis was confronted by a reporter yesterday who asked him about these uh, seven children who are in the intensive care unit of this, just in one hospital, the Joe DiMaggio Children's Hospital in Broward County, fighting for their lives in the ICU. What about these kids? And DeSantis said, this has been a really negative thing throughout this whole thing with some of these, quote, experts, some of the media, somebody can contract a highly transmissible airborne virus and they're viewed as having done something wrong. That's just not the way you do it. End quote. In other words, word salad, right? It's like, you know, well, you know, kids are dying, Governor DeSantis, and you signed a law that says that you can't, that's, that when we go back to school, we can't keep our kids safe from each other or keep our teachers safe for that matter or keep the kids safe from the teachers or vice versa. I mean, you know, whichever, whoever might have an infection. And everybody's like trying to figure out why would DeSantis do this? Why, you know, in Arkansas, Asa Hutchinson, the governor, held a press conference in which he said it was a mistake for us. I'm paraphrasing here, but you can find the exact quotes online. He said basically it was a mistake for us to have signed this uh, law making it illegal for teachers to require kids to wear masks. He's walking it back, but uh, DeSantis, oh no. Why? Well, it all has to do with this Republican brand identity that started in 1980 with Ronald Reagan. You could argue it started a little before that when Reagan ran for governor of California back in the uh, late 60s, or early 70s, whenever that was. Reagan's brand was basically, he called it rugged individualism, self-reliance. His brand was a smile and a cowboy hat and a horse. And yeah, we're the ones who won the West, right? Uh, actually, winning the West, in quotes, was the largest, first of all, it involved the largest genocide in the history of the world, the, the genocide of Native Americans. Secondly, it wasn't, you know, self-reliant pioneers who did it. It was the U.S. Army. Third, it cost a damn fortune. Just the veterans' benefits for the, for the veterans who had served in the Indian extermination wars was, uh, you know, about $3 billion in today's money. It was $118 million for the people who served between 1893 and 1957. And that was to steal land from Indians to provide homesteads for 372,659 people. It was absurd. It was the biggest of the big government programs, but somehow this is their mythology. And out of that mythology, they have come up with this gauzy, whitewashed history of America. And I'm, I'm writing about this at HartmanReport.com this morning. You can read the whole rant there, complete with links. With this triumvirate of balanced budgets, personal responsibility, and small government. And balanced budgets, of course, is what the Republicans trot out every time the Democrats want to spend money to help individuals, to help people, to help in particular low-income people or working-class people. Oh my God, we can't do that. You, I, I think we're all figuring out what the Republican philosophy is. When you give extra money to rich people, good things happen. They create jobs, don't you know? They're job creators, so we need to cut their taxes and give them billions of dollars in subsidies, whatever industry they're in. If it's defense, if it's oil, if it's coal, if it's gas, whatever it may be, just throw money at them. Rich people, they need more money. But if you give money to working class people, 
If you raise Social Security benefits, if you give money to poor people, oh my God, disasters are going to happen. They're the moochers, don't you know? It's the criminal class. You can't do that. I mean, this is literally what they have been selling us since Reagan became president. Give money to rich people, they create jobs. Give money to poor people, you get a disaster. What's astonishing to me is that so many Americans have bought this for 40 years. I mean, the IRS estimates that the morbidly rich among us are hiding over a trillion dollars a year that they should be paying in taxes. That's criminal tax fraud. A trillion dollars a year. And the IRS is can't, can't find them because the Republicans have cut the IRS budget to the point where they can't hire the kinds of auditors that are necessary to audit rich people. And so if you own a small business and you have a home office deduction, you're more likely to be audited than if you're Jeff Bezos or you know some other billionaire. And maintaining that level of subsidy for rich people takes away money that could be used for working class and, and poor people, which takes us to, that's balanced budgets, then that takes us to personal responsibility, which is their shtick. You know, the old joke that uh, they used to tell on the Limbaugh show, what do you do for someone when they're down? You kick them, otherwise they'll never get up. Right, this is, this is their philosophy. You don't help people, you, you hurt people, and that, and that hurting them will cause them to, to somehow stand up on their own two feet. And, you know, this is, this is the old trope that white supremacists have been using forever to explain why people who are the victims of structural racism in our educational system, our housing system, our legal system, uh, you know, why they're, why they're having a tough time hitting the American dream. It also, by the way, gives them a convenient out to ignore the plight of even poor white people like in Appalachia. Personal responsibility. Actually, if, if it's all about personal responsibility, then we don't need to do anything about homelessness. We don't need to do anything about any of these folks who are in trouble. Because, hey, they're responsible. Healthcare? That's not our job. It's personal responsibility. Do your own appendectomy. You can do it at home. And then, you know, the size of government, big government, right? Government spending is about 14% of GDP in the United States. It's 25% of GDP in Sweden. Sweden is a democracy. I, I, I am not hearing Swedish elected officials saying, gee, we need, to, we need to cut the size of our government. Let's do away with our national health care program. Let's not subsidize, you know, college for our students any longer. You're not hearing it. I mean, yeah, there's some fringe crackpots who are saying that, but... But this is what DeSantis is doing, is he's, he's, he's pushing this whole, this whole shtick, this whole classic Republican, Reagan, sloganeering, personal responsibility, rugged individualism BS. And, uh, you know, so, hey, you know, if you can't defend yourself against a virus, what are you, some kind of wimp wearing a mask? This is their pitch. Which raises an interesting question. In fact, this was in the New York Times. Some are getting extra vaccine shots. Some people are taking this into their own hands. Mary Kramer and Jenny Gross writing in the New York Times. And I know somebody who's doing this, right? We have a friend and he's, he's going to go out and, and he already got the J&J &J shot. And he's thinking he's going to go to a pharmacy where they're not going to, well, he's, not, he's just not going to show him his ID and try to get a Pfizer shot. Now, the World Health Organization just came out and said, please don't do this. Don't do boosters. There's not enough shots in the world. But that's really more of a distribution problem and also this whole, you know, trips waiver thing, a patent and copyright, a patent problem. But anyhow, to the New York Times piece, many scientists say the vaccinated people probably don't need booster shots, but some are getting them anyway. They're going to local pharmacies, other states, or even other countries, anywhere there is no record of them having already been vaccinated to get extra doses out of concern about the Delta variant. Dr. Ida Thompson a retired geology professor who got a Pfizer shot a few weeks ago after getting the AstraZeneca vaccine in Britain. She has six grandchildren. And when a pharmacy, again, reading from the New York Times, when a pharmacy employee asked whether this was her first or second shot, she said, first. Of course, it was her first Pfizer shot. Andrew Sullivan writing in his, uh, in his blog, his, his, the title of it is Letter Rip, and he's talking about bring on the COVID. Why? Well, he got the J&J &J shot, and he said, 
I'm a little bit happier I decided to get a Pfizer shot after my J&J. &J. I'm double vaccinated. The chances of getting sick enough to be hospitalized are now extremely small. The chance of death, almost nothing. Do you know anybody who's doing this? Are you thinking about doing this? I, you know, I'm, I confess, I am ambivalent about it. If the, if the FDA were to say, yes, you can get a third booster shot, especially if you're over 60, which is how they're doing it in Israel right now, um, I would go for it in a heartbeat. Um, but I'm not quite, but I had two Pfizer shots and the two Pfizer shots are supposed to be incredibly effective. I'm, I'm not quite ready to show up and, and pretend I'm somebody else to get a third shot. But had I had the J&J &J vaccine, I think I might. I, I just don't know. I can't, I can't advise you. Of course, I'm not offering medical advice in any way. Where is this going? And is this happening in your neighborhood, in your community, in your family? Are you finding you know, friends and family who are, who are trying to, you know, who are basically sneaking around trying to get a third shot or a second shot if they got J&J? I realize sneaking around sounds, sounds pejorative. I don't mean to put it in that context, but people are concerned. Maybe not in Arkansas or Florida, although they're starting to wake up. But the and the hospitals, the ICUs are overflowing, especially the pediatric ones. This is the Tom Hartman Program. We live in an absolutely fascinating moment. Let's hope we make it through, huh? Matt in St. Louis. Hey, Matt, what's on your mind today? I don't know anybody who's trying to get more vaccinations. I'm in my mid-40s. I'm fully vaccinated. I just spent a month working as a cashier in Missouri, and I had to quit today because, you know, there's this battle about masks in St. Louis County, and our St. Louis County executive, he mandated them a few weeks ago. And then the anti-mask forces certain Republican uh, council members and the attorney general and the governor, they seem to be kind of too strong. So I had to quit my job today. And, uh, you know, I didn't really want to quit. It's not the greatest pay. You quit because uh, the I people did. that you were interacting with were refusing to wear masks. Is that the deal? Yeah, I, you know, I work a regular cashier shift. I work a seven, eight hour shift, uh, especially on the weekends. I work in a big box type liquor store. It can be very busy. I, I might see, I don't know, 500 customers walk by me in a day. And uh, once the St. Louis County mask ordinance dropped, we had a subset of customers who just refused to put a mask on. Mm. And uh, not only was the confrontation with the actual customer just really draining on a certain level, it was partially my responsibility to enforce the mask wearing in the store. So I'm, I'm working a very busy shift. I have a lot of duties. And now I, ha I have an extra duty because, because the people that fight masks in my area and people like my governor have abdicated their responsibility. They've thrown that on people like me. So I do need work. You know, I'm a photographer by trade, but the pandemic hurt my, my wages. And so uh, once I was fully vaccinated, I was ready to go back out in the workforce. And uh, I was willing to take a job that was uh, minimum wage, something I hadn't worked for in a long time. And uh, I took abuse from Republican types who didn't want to want to wear the mask. But this, this scary thing, the really dark thing, you, you were talking about Republicans uh, earlier about their philosophy towards people. It's taken a dark turn. And, and someone who's worked on the ground level in the last month in an area where the Delta variant uh, has risen up, what I feel like is my local Republicans are playing this game right now. Our people are getting sick. You guys are not allowed to protect your people at this point because of the Lake of the Ozarks, because of the low vaccination. We're not going to tell our people what to do. We're not going to tell them to do the right thing. We're going to play to their sense of selfishness. And that's kind of what you were alluding to earlier mm -hmm. about the personal responsibility thing. It's really just go ahead and be selfish. It has nothing to do with responsibility. Yeah. And um, we're in a community. It's a pandemic. So this is a communal public health message that has nothing to do with individualism. And so at my job, I was telling people no shirt, no shoes, no mask, no service. And they would complain and they'd say, but I thought the county council 
block that. I would, I would have customers say, but my local political allies, they're on my side, and you have to serve me without a mask. And then I would say, you know, it's also a company policy. It's, it's also yeah. a company this policy. This is private so, property here you're on, buddy. Yeah, we yeah. don't want to get sick here at work, but I, I didn't feel safe, so I had, to, I had to jet. Hey, Tom, it's great to hear you still doing what you're doing, and I kind of grew up politically listening to you about a decade ago, and... Uh, Thanks for everything, man. Thank you, man. And thanks for the story. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to broadcast it far and wide. It's, it's a grim one, and, and I wish you the very best. Thank you, man. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. We're just talking with a fellow, Matt, in uh, St. Louis, Missouri, who was talking about how he just had to quit his job at a big box liquor store because the state just ended its mask mandate. And so now all these mask holes are flooding into the store and saying, I don't have to wear a mask. And he's like, no, it's company policy. This is private property. And they're like, I don't care. The Republicans said I don't need to wear a mask, so I'm not going to wear a mask. And he's like, it's just draining, physically and emotionally draining, dealing with all these mask holes. And boy, I, I, I so get it. I mean, sometimes it's draining dealing with them when they call the show. Don in Sheridan, Iowa. Hey, Don, what's on your mind today? Well, I want Biden and the Democratic Party to start doing is calling the Republican Party out by name. Republican. If you want to know why your kids are getting sick, Republicans. If you want to know why mom is dying, Republicans. Democrats believe in the vaccine. Republicans don't, and I want them to start using the word Republican, not them and this. Yeah. Biden the other day, he said, well, they, they, it's not they, it's Republican. Yeah. Republican Party. Yeah, no more euphemisms, no more generalizations, no more uh, pronouns. This story over at alternate.org, hospital systems across the state of Oklahoma, which is entirely represented by Republicans in Congress, you know, in the governorship and everything else. Hospital systems across the state of Oklahoma are on the brink of collapse as the Delta variant has caused an influx of severe cases requiring hospitalization. According to the Birmingham Star, Oklahoma, uh, hospitals are facing a rapid surge of, ca of uh, COVID cases with an alarming number of those cases being children. Um, and then they, they reference the CDC data, 8,746 8, deaths from COVID reported on Monday, uh, you know, total for the state up to this point. On Monday, they reported 11,109 new cases with 2,000 of those being among children. I mean, that's how bad it is. It's amazing. Robin in Austin, Texas. Hey, Robin, what's on your mind today? regarding the J&J &J and whether to get a vaccine. Mm -hmm. I had a doctor's appointment yesterday, and my doctor, my GP, is an internist, and she said, absolutely, anybody that's had J&J &J needs to get at least one injection of either Moderna or Pfizer. Huh. Because they use different technologies, and the two together is like filling in all the little cracks and holes and things that one or the other might. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, Spread the word, because I was already spreading the word to our neighborhood that our carrier is not vaccinated, who I've had repeated conversations with. She thinks it will change her DNA and has refused to do so. I even got her on with a professor from Rutgers who has Ph.D. in genetics, and he took it to simple terms, and she still refused to get the vaccine. This is your mail carrier? Yeah. Wow. He's around uh, 
everybody all the time, you know, and it was like Sharon. Yeah, um, and and she's so, reading reading Facebook uh, posts about how the uh, RNA vaccines change your DNA, which they don't, obviously. I mean, it's, right? And I, we gave her so much information. Yeah. Oh. Well, it's it's uh, it's tough to combat the power of social media amplified disinformation. Robin, thank you for sharing. Reed in Rockford, Illinois. Hey, Reed, thanks for watching us on Free Speech TV. What's on your mind? I took the Johnson and Johnson shot. Had signed up for the Pfizer. And I have a friend who's medically connected and sends me all these reports, like Eric uh, Fiegelding mm-hmm. reports. And uh, he was relating to the Israel site study, citing that the efficacy of certain vaccinations were dropping. And that if you got a six-month-old J&J shot, that you might want to check into getting a booster. I'm on my way to this Monday to see my GP for catching up on shots and getting a cardiogram. And I want to mention to him that maybe I should get a booster. I'm hearing also that there are plenty of shots. People aren't taking them. And in some cases, they're saying, please don't throw these away. Come and get your shot. Yeah, one of the southern states just just had to throw out something like 30,000 shots last week. It was I think it was Arkansas. I could be wrong, but it was one of those one of those deep south states. Yeah, I'm, I'm having a hip replacement and then probably some reconstructive surgery on my hip because this is my fourth. And I'm going to probably be in a hospital for a time. And I think it would be a good idea for me to get that. Yeah. Extra shot. Yeah, it sounds like it, but I can't I can't give you medical advice, but certainly that's what no. a lot of folks are doing. And uh, well, I'm going to ask my doctor and see if he doesn't do it. I may be naughty and I don't believe the state of Illinois. I shouldn't say this on, on I don't think believe the state of Illinois knows that I got a shot because I did it through Walgreens and I may do that or go to uh, to Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. That's what some folks are doing. Again, I can't advise you, Reed, but, uh, you know, keep us up to date on how it's going, okay? Yes, I will. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Mark in Salem, Oregon. Hey, Mark, what's up? Hey, I just wanted to talk about power in the Senate. But just first, an observation. um, With all these Republicans getting sick in all these red states, I'm not seeing any change in their attitude. I mean, the brainwashing has been complete. I know. It's astonishing. It's It's just absolutely astonishing. Well, Asa Hutchinson has backtracked, but, you know, he's the only one so far. Christy Noem is still out there bragging about the fact that, you know, she infected hundreds of thousands of people with the, the Sturgis motorcycle rally. Well, in the Senate, when I'm assuming that the that, that Democrats are still in charge, right? Chuck Schumer is the majority leader. Well, it's a 50-50, so, but yeah, he's the but majority he, leader. He's the majority because leader. Because there's a Democrat and, in the vice president's seat. Yes. And when, when Mitch McConnell was the majority leader, I never once heard the term, uh, Chuck Schumer is slow-walking legislation. Right. Chuck Schumer didn't have the power. Now, how in the world can Mitch McConnell slow-walk legislation when the agenda is set by Chuck Schumer? It just didn't get much coverage, but uh, but Chuck Schumer actually did slow-walk and stop an awful lot of Republican legislation during the Trump years. That's why the Trump tax cut had to be passed through budget reconciliation. Uh, and well, that's why that was the only consequential piece of legislation that they passed in four years that Trump was president. Schumer used the filibuster. Yeah, no, Schumer was constantly using the filibuster. Every Republican effort got filibustered. Well, I'm just thinking that there's some other thing going on besides filibuster with Mitch McConnell, quote unquote, slow walking legislation. Yeah. That, that implies a schedule of agenda. I think the problem, Mark, is that the Republicans have some allies on the Democratic side. The Democrats have no allies on the Republican side. Paul in Chicago. Hey, Paul, what's on your mind today? First off, I've been home for three days sick from work because on Sunday I got such a huge fever that it knocked me out so bad, put me into bed for two days. And then we're there trying to figure if this is COVID Delta or what. I've got the shots. People don't want this because if I hadn't gotten the shots and this is COVID, I could only imagine how much worse it would have been. But yeah. I'm, I'm doing We've got a couple better of now. The, you know, it, they've got the home test kits. You can buy them at the pharmacy. We, we got some online. Binance well, I went into the doctor the... and they, they stuck the thing up my nose and they're checking me for that and for okay. other viruses to try to find out what, but I'm waiting to hear back. But, but yeah, but anyway, the real reason I called was, um, I got to just say, I am, I'm a Democrat. I am extremely disappointed, frankly, in Biden. 
and the administration in the fact that, you know, what happened yesterday with the New York mayor, I thought was really, really important that they're instrumenting this ban on, you know, if you want to go to a restaurant or you want to go to a gym, you have to show proof of vaccination. And Biden, with one pen, could put an order, an executive order that says if you want to fly or you want to take Amtrak or you want to do X, Y, or Z, you need to show proof of vaccination. And I think it is high time that they start putting the sticks because the carrots aren't working with these people. Yeah. You know, frankly, you know, I am I, I am really I, I mean, I may be sick myself, but it wasn't for lack of trying. Yeah. These other people, these ignorant rubes, they don't even want to try. I think and they're endangering the health of the nation. They've killed. How many people has that governor in Florida killed or yeah. that governor in Texas killed? Yeah, over 39,000 people have died in Florida. I can tell you that right off the top of my head. I get what you're saying, Paul. I share your outrage. The the one little tripwire that hasn't been crossed or, uh, what, you know, pick your crazy metaphor. I'm sorry, cliches. But the one thing that hasn't happened that would make it far easier for the federal government or any government to mandate vaccines is that they have to have full approval from the FDA. And I think that that's why at least the Pfizer vaccine looks like in the next two or three weeks it's going to get full approval. And probably the others are, are you know, going to be uh, quickly. You know behind. what? I can, I can live with that, but I God, if that goes through in two weeks, I want Biden to do that. You know, you get on a plane, then you need to have a vaccine. And if you don't, then you don't go to Disney World. That's yeah. your problem. Yeah, I'm with you. Although Disney World is a private facility, they... No, no, I mean, you don't get to fly. Oh, I see. Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm with you. I'm com- I completely agree, Paul, and, and that's why I've been... Uh, I wrote an op-ed advocating vaccine passports like three months ago. I've, I've yeah. been all over this forever. And Chicago's mayor, Chicago's mayor, which I, we've been posting on the Tribune constantly, she won't even put it in, and I can't... Under- I don't know if it's her constituents... Because we've got huge swaths of the city that are still really under-vaccinated, the west yeah. side, the south side, and there's hesitancy, and the pastors are saying crazy stuff, and yeah. it's, it's terrible, but, you know... It, it may, again, have to do up. with the FDA not having uh, fully certified the vaccine. You know, it's hard to put into, into law that you must do something that the Food and Drug Administration says we don't yet fully say that you, you know, that this is entirely safe. Um, I, I get that. And, and, you know, we'll see. Once that certification happens, I think the political landscape in this country is going to change considerably. And I suspect that, you know, you're gonna also going to see something like what's happening in France right now, which is where the hard right gets activated, particularly by trolls from, from other countries who are, you know, uh, and, and just, you know, general troublemakers. Uh, trying to bring down the existing government, and you're going to see people in the streets protesting it as much as you're going to see people uh, applauding it. But it's going to be a tough one. Paul, i got to move along, but thank you for the call. Bill in New Tripoli, Pennsylvania. Hey, Bill, what's on your mind today? caller that you just spoke with basically said 90% of what I wanted to. I, too, believe that Biden could be much more forceful. And, you know, he's trying to, uh, I understand, take into consideration the politics of everything. He doesn't want to totally blow it up. But at the same time, we're going to be faced with, uh, in the near future, unfortunately, having a quarter of a million people die because of this. And if this doesn't constitute a national emergency, I don't know what does. I applaud that Biden uh, took his stand and uh, mandated that uh, government employees and contractors needed to um, either get the vaccine or face uh, testing and and having to wear uh, masks. But I'd like to see him immediately extend that. He's the commander in chief. I'd like to see him immediately extend that to the military, to military contractors. Uh, You know, there's just so many things that you could take a minute or two and and figure out uh, the things that he could do immediately. Would they come with a political risk? Yes. But, you know, if he wants to truly be a leader, which I believe he has the makings of a leader, he could do those things. And I I don't understand why he doesn't. This is a national emergency. I I agree with you, Bill. And and I'll I'll say what I said to the last caller. if, If the Biden administration... Once this vaccine is not is finally approved by the FDA, and I don't think there's any doubt that that's going to happen, and it's going to happen in a matter of weeks, if they don't start aggressively mandating vaccines in those realms where they can easily do so, as you as you define, including the military, 
then, um, then I'm going to be absolutely raising hell on this program. I get it right now that it's really hard to tell people that we are going to use the force of law to require you to take something that the Food and Drug Administration is refusing to say is completely safe. I get that. Um, but that I day agree, is going to come in the next point. two three I'll, weeks. I'll leave it at that. Yeah. I think that uh, I, I completely agree with uh, any number of callers that have been on your show today that have expressed a similar sentiment. Yeah. And, uh, you, you know, to me, uh, this is an emergency. We have the means to end this pandemic in our country, and, and we are incredibly lucky compared to the rest of the world. I mean, there are entire countries where there's not one single dose of vaccine, where people are dying in the streets, where people are begging for the vaccine. And here in the United States, we can't give it away. You have 30,000 you know, doses of the vaccine go bad down in one of the southern states. I think it was Arkansas just last weekend they were talking about this. This is crazy, and we've got to be paying attention to this, and we've got to be doing something about it. Thanks a lot for the call, Bill. Good talking to you. Emmy in St. Johnsbury, Vermont. Hey, Emmy, what's on your mind today? I'm dealing with the question of the fact that the masks that most of us are wearing um, are said to be not any good against the Delta. And that the new models, you know, even the 965s, the old kind, they're just, they don't do what the new ones, if you look at the new ones, I went on the CDC site and I really complained to them that they should be putting this first and center. You know, they have to stick to your face across the top, they have the cloth thing, you can see some people on TV who have them already, and it goes, the cloth part goes back across your cheeks, it has to stick under your chin, it sticks all around, it has to not let through any light when you hold it up, it's supposed to have a respirator in the middle. You know what we should do with this? All this extra money that the states have, as I don't expect Biden's going to be able to deal with this stuff. I'm hoping our state of Vermont, our governor, has been really great with all of this. Mm. Mail everybody a couple of these real good masks, the kind that we're supposed to have that would work so they could all see where they are because if we wait for only the digital people, it took me two hours yesterday going online to figure out where they were and in the end I ended up paying $20 for Two, for two, for two. damn mask. Yeah. Um, yeah. And here's here's the thing, Emmy. Mail $1,400 checks to everybody. Why not mail two or three masks for everybody? Well, and in fact, the, the, the Trump administration I, was planning on doing that in April of last year. And then and then the news came out that mostly black people were dying from, from COVID and they, they scotched it. They deep-sixed it. But here's the thing. You know, we were all taught as children to cover our mouths when we cough. And the reason why is that literally just putting your hand over your mouth and coughing into your hand stops a large chunk of the, of the moisture that comes out of your mouth when you have a cold or the flu and makes the cloud that would surround you, the infectious cloud of viruses, it makes that go from you know, extending many, many feet beyond you to just a few inches or maybe a foot or so beyond you, just coughing into your hand. So even though a mask won't be completely effective at stopping viruses from coming into you, the main reason to wear a mask is to stop the viruses going out of you that can infect other people. And even an old-fashioned surgical mask or even an old cloth mask that you can, you know, you could inhale virus through very easily is still going to stop the vast majority of the large moist particles that come out with our breath and, and that contain all that virus. So, uh, yes, the new masks are good and, that, and great, in fact. And, yes, the KN95 masks are really important, and it is important that we wear masks that are effective. But any kind of mask is better than no mask at all. And, and that point needs to be made over and over. Emmy, thank you for the call. Wayne in Eugene, Oregon. Hey, Wayne, what's up? My thoughts on COVID are this. That 86% of the population of the world is unvaccinated, and they're all pumping out new viruses and, or new strains and new mutations by the hour and they're going to get over here the one the ones that are strong enough to survive and be really deadly are going to get over here yeah this delta variant started in some probably some small town in india yeah right and the whole you know, like i said 86 percent of the world is out there cooking them up so i'm 78 years old and i'm I've started wearing back to wearing a mask and washing my hands and social distancing. And I'm going to take every booster, every new vaccine that comes out. And I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to fight. But I have an idea that I'm probably going to uh, have to do this for the rest of my life. 
It may well be. This was the conversation I had with Dr. Feigelding earlier. I think that was Monday of this week, as I recall, maybe Friday of last week. Yeah. It was Monday. Um, and, and, you know, I said, is this endemic now rather than pandemic? In other words, is this simply a, a permanent feature of our health landscape? And uh, he wasn't willing to quite use that word yet. And also because endemic often doesn't imply deadly. Um, but he yeah. said now that it's jumping into the deer population in Michigan, it's uh, clearly able to infect dogs and cats. Um, rats and mice who were immune to the original COVID now get it. Um, you know, he had a lot of concerns. I think, Wayne, I think you're probably right. And I think that... I, I have you know, one thing to say about masks. Go ahead. And that is that the mortality and morbidity rate for COVID is horrendous. The mortality and morbidity rate for vaccinations is minuscule, and the mortality and morbidity rate for masks is zero. There you go. Yeah, nobody ever died from wearing a mask. Um, although right. these, I used uh, to have wear one 12 hours a day working in ICUs. So, you know, and then doctors are doing it. You know, doctors and nurses are wearing the damn things. You know, some of them are working double shifts. You know, working 10, 12, 16 hours. And the masks don't come off, and they've been doing it. We've been doing it for 120 years. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Well said, Wayne. Thank you very much. That, that that's such Thank an important you, point. You know, there's absolutely no downside to wearing a mask, and so why why would somebody oppose it? Well, I think because they want to cripple America. I really believe that the reason why Republicans are promoting this deadly virus and and promoting the idea that we shouldn't protect people from it is because they're trying to crash the economy so that Joe Biden and the Democrats will lose in 2022 and 2024. I really believe that's what's going on. And, uh, you know, I, I hate to say it, but I, I, this is just evil. Wayne, thank you for the call. Alejandro in Miami. Hey, Alejandro, what's on your mind today? You see, I've been looking at this and thinking much along the same lines that this is an epidemic that we we may not be able to get a, a control over it overnight. And I do think that medical profession has to be on the alert. And we should somehow or another provide our universities with doctors, uh, not only for the future, but for the, for the present so that insurance companies and doctors performing operations or doing whatever uh, will we'll be forced into, uh, doctors will be forced into competing with one another bring down the cost and it, will, and it will affect the insurance company and in the long run when it comes down to the virus even it would be good because now we'd have more doctors out there and more of a professional way of dealing with things right. than we have right now yeah the simple the simple solution to that john is to end the ama's power to restrict the number of people who can go to medical school they've been doing this since the 1950s and they've been doing it in order to keep the population the number of doctors small so that the competition is minimal so that you know doctors can charge more and more i'm all in favor of doctors making a good living uh, but you know the, at, a, at a certain point it's it begins to compete with the imperatives of public health uh, john thank you for the call lou in pueblo colorado hey lou what's on your mind today hey tom uh yeah, I was going to update you a little bit on, I heard oil subsidies discussed. I couldn't get in. But meanwhile, let me tell you what I've been doing while I've been waiting. I've got a list of companies in the area. Whenever I have free time, I call them up, ask them if they're asking, if they're requiring a vaccination passport. And of course, they say no. And I say, well, put my name down and call me when I you've got it. You're requiring them and I can come in and shop. Okay. I said that uh, I called my chiropractor. I wanted to have my, you know, finally, I and mean, this was uh, this was two months ago before the Delta variant, and we all thought, oh, you know, hey, we're vaccinated, we can go out in the world. I called my chiropractor and I said, you know, I'd li I'd like to come in for an adjustment. I uh, just wanted to check. You guys are all vaccinated, right? And he, and the, and the receptionist was like, no, none of us are. And I'm like, well, here's my phone number. Call me when you are. And you know, it's like, oh my God, I'm dealing with people who are watching Fox News. Dean in Los Angeles. Hey, Dean, what's on your mind today? Hi. I'm, uh, well, uh, what's on my mind is uh, the uh, LA, I'm sorry, the Orange County Board of Education just sued the state of California for uh, demanding a mandate that would require students to wear a mask in class. Wait a minute, let me get this straight. The Orange County wants to require students to wear a mask or, or wants to forbid the no, state Orange from requiring? <laughs> uh, well, it down in Southern California, we call it the orange curtain for a reason. Yeah. But um, uh, the OC um, 
Board of Education sued the state because of the requirement they had for students to wear a mask in public schools, and they don't want it. They said that the masks actually harm children, and, and of course the state says that's baseless, but nope, they sued They sued Governor Newsom in the state. Yeah, that's insane. Mike, uh, Mike Lee like just... I'd like to ask them if you know, I come across somebody uh, down in OC. I have friends who are down there. I'm like, uh, what do you think harms your children more? Uh, being required to wear a mask, like, you know, any doctor or dentist or such does, or, you know, having to uh, live with the fact that you might have brought home a virus that killed your parents or your grandparents or, you know... Uh, or these days with the Delta variant, your kid. Yes. I mean, there, there, there's an explosion of children in the ICUs in Arkansas, and we're getting similar reports from other states, but the Arkansas's public health, uh, chief public health officer yesterday held a press conference and, and said that they are up over 200%, the, the severe cases of COVID among people under 18, children. Uh, yeah, I, I happen to think you're absolutely right. It's, uh, it, this is a case of they're just trying to uh, build a, uh, a sense of, you know, we're here to fight this and, and literally yeah. don't care if people die for it. And I, I Governor DeSantis, or as I call him, Governor DeSantis, DeSantis. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> who did the same thing. He's defunding schools, public schools, if they require a mandate for teachers or faculty or students to wear a mask. Yeah. You do that, we defund your school. It is, I, I really believe, Dean, that this is, that what the Republicans are trying to do is, is because this is a Republican-led effort, right, is trying to crash the economy for political purposes. And the question and I don't know the answer to this. We're going to find out the answer probably in a year and a half, you know, in November of next year. Right. But the question is, will this actually work for the Republicans if they can soften the economy by, by having a, uh, you know, an explosion of COVID? Or right. is it going to backfire on them because the people who are mostly dying are in Republican-controlled counties and states? Exactly. And that I, the latest, the polls finally are showing up on, I like to go to 270 to win, and they're showing that Ooh, what do you know? Florida has now turned into a toss-up state hmm. for the Senate. <laughs> so oh, that's interesting. It now shows that the prognosis is a 50 to 47 with three states that are sitting in toss-up. Yeah, and in all probability, Charlie Crist is going to take on Ron DeSantis next year. And, right. uh, and, and Charlie Crist has kind of a, 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 you know, a, a, an extra superpower in that he used to be a Republican. And and now he's going to be running yeah, as a Democrat. He so he'll bring well, yeah, yeah exactly. And he'll bring along and he'll bring along a lot of people who voted. For, he, he used to be the governor of Florida. You know, he'll bring along a lot of people who voted oh, for right. him back in the day. So you know, Republicans. I, I still have hope. Yeah. yeah, I still have hope out there. I do too. Margie in Millerstown, Pennsylvania. Hey, Margie, what's on your mind? Hi, Tom. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, well, I I didn't call for this reason, but I love wearing the mask. Simply because I can talk behind it when I see a jerk in the grocery store. <laughs> now, that's provocation, Margie. <laughs> I love it. I, I confess anyway. I have, I have uh, accidentally coughed more than once around people who weren't wearing masks. Sean waves anyway, her hand, too. I, I am really uh, kind of distressed about I ha I have a wonderful, wonderful family, and uh, but uh, we are just so divided on this whole issue and i have two sons and each of them have two daughters so i have two four granddaughters and both of my sons are against the mask oh and I, I i mean it is just it has me sick yeah. and um I, I i don't know how to handle it i you know like the one the one i think is is doing it for religious reasons and he's and the other one, I think it's because he is kind of like in a, a group of people that well, I'll just call them rednecks is what they act like. Mm -hmm. And <clears throat> this area that we live in is such a rural area that um, I mean, there's a Trump sign in every driveway almost. Hmm. And those of us that, you know, aren't Trumpers, I mean, we we discuss things occasionally, and it's just horrible. It's horrible to live in a community like this. Mm -hmm. And there is no, uh, I mean, they, they think they're wonderful. They think it's great. 
And I mean, there's no stopping. It's become a tribal thing. Trying to change your mind. Pardon? It's become a tribal thing. It's become a uh, this is who I am. This is my sense of identity. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, I I don't know. My sons were never grown up to be this way. Yeah. And uh, we moved here when in the 80s. So they were all in like element middle school, elementary school. We moved here. And their sense of, well, they just, they, I just didn't have my kids grow up this way. Mm-hmm. And it really, um, it's really, really hard. I don't know whether anybody else is in this position, but I mean, it's your own flesh and blood that you, and I mean, my granddaughters, I'd love to see them, but I'm scared that, you know, I'll get something from them. I mean, they're yeah. all in school. Yeah. And um, the and their school, they're the one is in, the two of them are in a Christian school, so they definitely have you tried. Not. Have you tried, Margie, saying something to the effect of, you know, yeah, you know, I I may be just your crazy old grandma, and I might just be scared of something that I shouldn't be scared of. But would you please just do this for me to accommodate me? Well, that was my last. That was the last thing I just did. I texted one of my sons and I said, if there's no other reason. You know, for you not to do, I said, would you please just do it for me? Mm-hmm. And I didn't hear back. So, yeah. but another thing that it's I would be heartbreaking. It is. It's, it is horrible, and you know, it affects my husband too. Yeah. Uh, we, I mean, our and our kids were so are good, decent people. I mean, mm-hmm. good. Um, I think a lot of people have gotten swept up into this cold. Never. Pardon? A lot of the people who've gotten swept up into this cult, I think, are really good, decent people. Yeah, yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. But now another thing that I was thinking, too, is do you remember back in the 50s when we when the polio shots were, they gave us little sticks in our arm, you know, like, I like remember every it. year. I remember the every polio. Every year, they, they uh, checked us to see if we got back. Yep. You know, make sure we had vaccination. Yeah, nobody was fighting it back then. Margie, I'm sorry, we're out of time. I've got to run. But thank you for the call. And, and I, I wish you the very best with your kids. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Robert in Portland. Hey, Robert, what's up? I kind of wanted to go back to what Dr. Eric Spiegelding was talking about. He was sourcing a lot of the studies from Israel regarding the efficiency about being less than 50% in the vaccine. And I I thought that should be well noted because, as he said, there's not a lot of data here. And partly, I'm going to pull up article here, but basically the CDC is sitting on this evidence right now. I just find it very concerning because FDA is going, they announced that their CDC's PCR test failed review. And they did a class one revoke of that. That's going to be at the end of the year. But the reason they revoked it and that they're going to withdraw it by the end of 2021. I'm reading it uh, right here. It's also right, on the- but nobody's using that test. The CDC has released an enormous amount of data. You can see it on their website. The study on Israel probably needs to be peer reviewed. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go down this. Oh my God, we don't know enough rabbit hole with you, Robert. I'm just not going to go there. We know plenty. <laughs> we certainly know enough to know that we shouldn't be doing this. Uh, exposing ourselves to this disease. We shouldn't be exposing others. We do need mask mandates. and We do need, in my opinion, a vaccine passport. John in Seabrook, Florida. Hey, John, what's up? This uh, deal with the uh, 
deer herd in Michigan. Right. Is this something that uh, you think is going to uh, make the uh, deer meat not suitable to eat? And how is it not jumping to the cattle? Well, it may well be, and that's that's the thing. I mean, it, it used to be with the earlier variants, and this is a huge line of demarcation, and we don't yet know what this means. But with the old virus, the only animals that would infect were animals that had receptors for a particular hormone called angiotensin. They were called angiotensin receptor sites. Mice, for example, don't have angiotensin receptor sites. They regulate their blood pressure in a different way. I don't know how many other mammals share those with us, the angiotensin receptor sites or not, but that was the thing that caused, that was like a barrier to the virus from jumping species. And now with the Delta variant, it can infect an animal that doesn't use angiotensin as a way to regulate blood pressure. And which means that, uh, you know, and whether that, you know, whether that means that the meat of the deer is, is bad or the deer itself is contagious, I don't know whether that means that, you know, I mean, we, like he said, it has gotten into dogs and cats now. Uh, what that's going to do to cattle, what that's going to do to pig farms, what's that going to do to, you know, when it hits the industrial agriculture operations here in the United States and overseas. I mean, this could be, uh, to the extent that they're a large part of our food supply, this could be a real disaster if that variant makes them really sick. If, on the other hand, it just gives them the same kind of head cold that it, that it, that it gives to people who are vaccinated, that's a whole other thing. But then, you know, is there another variant coming behind that? This has the potential to get real bad, John, and we just don't know. Andy in Hoosick Falls, New York. Hey, Andy, what's up? I just wanted to kind of uh, tell you, I, I changed my tactics in, in some respects on how I've been having my conversations with some of the Republican anti-vaxxers that, I, that I've been uh, encountering. And um, when they kind of... Uh, start to tell me about their rights and their freedoms. I just, I say, you know what? You're welcome. I just, I just say, that's it. You're welcome. And I, when they ask me why, I say, you know, there doesn't seem to be any argument over the fact that there's millions of Americans who've recovered from COVID who are now experiencing long-term lingering effects from this. Yeah, it seems like it's about so, 10% of cases, in fact. It's huge. Right. So it's, it's quite conceivable by the time this all blows over. We could be looking at millions of people who, without Obamacare, would be suffering from pre-existing conditions. So I say you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. Because the truth of the matter is, is that if this was on the news over and over and over again, people being denied coverage because of long-term COVID, right, maybe they wouldn't be so inclined about speaking about their rights and their freedoms. They'd be fearful, and they might actually be inclined to take the shot. So I'm like, your freedom is a direct result of Obamacare. Yeah. So you're welcome. Those of us who are vaccinated are wearing masks, not because we're right. concerned that the mask is going to protect us from you, but because we're concerned that if we have an infection and don't know it, we're protecting you from us. And, yeah. you know, you're welcome yeah. for that, too. Right. So when they start screaming at me, I just tell them you're welcome. And it may not be a solution, but I certainly kind of enjoy, like I say, I'm owning the Republicans. Yeah, okay. Sounds like a plan. <laughs> Thank you very much for the call, Andy. It's good talking to you. Brian in Minneapolis. Hey, Brian, what's up? Regarding the looking out for our fellow man and whether we should consider looking out for the unvaccinated and helping the poor and all that, I was taught a long time ago the goal in life is not how high up the ladder we get the goal in life is how many do we bring with us? Wow. Now, that's a true uh, Christian, Muslim, Jewish, I mean, you know, the world's religion sentiment, uh, as opposed to the he who dies with the most toys wins. I like it. Right. That was a good one. Ann in Mamoronic, New York. Hey, Ann, what's on your mind today? I just wonder, you know, I go into stores now with a mask on. I had to fly recently. Mm. I was double masked the whole time, still using Purell. But I was upset for the children that were near me, mm -hmm. taking off their masks, and the you know father would speak loudly across the aisle to them. And I kept thinking, they are so vulnerable. These poor children on a flight. How yeah. you know I was very upset that the parents didn't make them keep their masks on. So. Yeah, yeah. We had this five-year-old kid uh, uh, just a week or so ago that, that died in his mother's arms, and he was a perfectly healthy five-year-old. Oh. Um, oh my it, God. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, I, I, with regard to whether you can catch the virus through your eyes, I don't know. But I would guess that if the virus cloud 
you know, from another person speaking to you is in front of your face, you're going, you're going to inhale it. What we do know, uh, and, and, and again, I'm not a physician and no expert on this. I just read the newspapers and the, and, and the, the medical journals that fly my way. But what we apparently do know is that nose, uh, that the tissue of the, of the upper uh, respiratory system, you know, your nose, the back of your throat, your throat, um, are the tissues that are super vulnerable to this virus right now and the, the Delta variant. And that the Delta variant for a vaccinated person doesn't take out your lungs, but it will take out your, your, your ability to smell and it will cause, it will. You know, sort, yes, and it, at least over the short term. And it will cause a, uh, uh, what seems to be a very bad head cold and a sore throat. Those are the symptoms now of Delta infection post-vaccination. So, uh, and it passes after a couple of days, and then you, but you're contagious for as much as 10 days, and so you have to be careful about passing it, particularly along to people who are not vaccinated. Juanita in Prosser, Washington. Hey, Anita, oh, Juanita, thank you for watching us on Free Speech TV. I was a polio victim. Oh my. I contacted polio in the 1940s. No vaccine. All right. You, you just, I was lucky I didn't get, I did not get a heavy case of it. But most of the callers apparently don't remember that time. Parents went nuts. They were scared to death the kids were going to get crippled, things of this nature. Mm -hmm. Schools were closed. Beaches were closed. Parks were closed. Movies, fairs, carnivals. But we made it. And when the vaccine came on in 1955, the polio dropped. And I just recently read that they think polio has been eradicated from Africa. There are only two countries that do not vaccinate. That's Afghanistan and Pakistan. And they have a serious problem with polio in their children. It's proof that vaccines do work. We don't see smallpox. We don't see te people dying from tetanus anymore. Whoever heard of diphtheria? Yeah. Yeah. All gone because of the vaccine. And I cannot believe that anybody looking back in history do not realize that vaccine has saved millions of people. And you know, we don't see crippled children anymore. Mm -hmm. Leg braces, iron lungs, but I am in my late 70s. I remember, and I vaguely remember my parents holding my hands trying to get me to walk. Now, I don't know why, but I was having a problem walking. Mm -hmm. I don't have that problem now. Yeah. But had I had the vaccine available, I probably would not, you know, I have caught polio. I do have the one leg that's shorter than the other and some other problems related to uh, skeletal problems related because I had polio. Yeah. I, I, do, I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. This is, you know, we had a, 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 I believe it was a caller last week who mentioned that if you go into cemeteries, you'll see all these children who died prior to the 1950s. And uh, of course, it doesn't say the reason why they died on their headstone, but, or typically it doesn't. But um, there were all these diseases that killed children before, before we started aggressively vaccinating people in the 50s and 60s. And you don't see dead children any longer. And, and, and Franklin Roosevelt had polio, you know, he couldn't walk. They, they concealed it from the American people pretty effectively. Um, but, uh, you know, he, he, he had a terrible case of polio. My wife's grandmother, who, who just died about a decade ago in, at the age of 92, um, as I recall, maybe it was 95, um, she had had polio and, and her, her right arm never worked. It was probably a third shorter than it should have been and all withered up and, and she, you know, she drove and did everything with her left arm. And um, you're right, Juanita, we, we, we have lost our memory of that time. Uh, and, uh, you know, it'd be interesting if they, if some of the movie makers started, uh, you know, doing shows that take place in the 40s and showing those things as a backdrop, because usually you don't hear about that. You don't, you know, you don't read about it. Juanita, thank you. Your, your message is a public service to all of us. I appreciate the call. just have to share with you very quickly, we've been, you know, a number of people have called in about the mask mandates and the, you know, how the governor of Arkansas is now saying, damn, I never should have done that, you know, forbidding uh, schools from requiring masks. 
uh, at the same time that uh, Ron DeSantis in Florida is saying that uh, if your school district requires children to wear masks, we're going to take away your state funding. This is insane, right? Well, now it, <laughs> Mike Lee, the Republican senator from Utah, has kicked it up a whole nother level. He, on his Facebook page, uh, he wrote, quote, wearing a mask in public communicates a message, one with which the wearer may strongly disagree. Mask wearing also makes it harder to speak, be heard, and otherwise communicate, especially considering that we use facial expressions, which are concealed by masks, to communicate a lot of information when we speak. With few exceptions, the First Amendment prohibits governments from telling people that they can't speak or otherwise communicate as they please. The new Republican argument for we can't have masks because masks might keep the economy going. We've got to get as many people sick as possible, as quickly as possible, so we can crash the economy, so we can blame the Democrats who are in power right now, so we can take back the House and Senate next year in the 2022 elections, and so in 2024, Donald Trump can become president again. Right? We've got to crash the economy, and that means we've got to have a lot of people sick, so no more mask mandates. It's crazy. You've been listening to Tom Hartman. For audio and video archives, visit TomHartman.com.